Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have Sean Doyle. Sean is an actor. Uh, you're probably best known from uh, his role on Fair City, but you'll also know him uh, as one of the best theatre actors that I've ever seen. He's so naturally fucking good at it. He's amazing. He's, uh, I saw him first uh, on, in the Abbey stage in the Peacock uh, in this amazing piece about uh, knife crime was brought over from Edinburgh to Dublin, and he was phenomenal in it. Uh, and it's just been announced that he is cast in Sive in the new Druid show um, alongside um, just some Irish superstars, to be honest. Um, so that's really exciting and that's going to be in the Gaiety Theatre uh, at the beginning of next year um, so just yeah Sean's killing to be honest so uh, it's good to get him now because I feel like he's going to be just harder and harder to get uh, as his career um, keeps skyrocketing the way it is anyway enough complimenting him this is before the episode even happens so it could be complete dog shit and um, Sean just makes a fool of himself so, uh, fingers crossed that happens uh, in other news guys uh, I just back from a lovely relaxing uh, week in Donegal uh, I'm sure none of you give a shit but I'm going to tell you anyway because I have the time to do it uh, and it was lovely and I just walked on the beach and ate too much and drank wine and petted donkeys and it was fucking deadly um, so that was really good just for me and my head um, and we had some episodes in the bank and now uh, yeah we're playing on um, have some really really exciting um, episodes coming up uh, delighted to say that uh, Louise Kiley um, probably Ireland's um, certainly one of Ireland's most foremost casting directors god you see me that's the actor coming out now I don't want to step on anyone's toes don't want to say like she's not as good as so and so or she's better than so and so so everyone will potentially hire me um, what a fucking politician I am uh, anyway but we have Louise Kiley coming on next week um, she does work on uh, a lot of Ireland's most exciting projects uh, I will say that and um, she just cast a brilliant Nowhere Fast by Alison Spittle who was also on the Heads of Podcasts Network and yeah it's just a very exciting time so I'm delighted to chat to Louise next week and we have some really really um, yeah just guests that I'm really excited about that are in the pipeline now and are trying to make it happen uh, this side of Christmas so all is good um, at Personality uh, Bingo H. Q. Uh, right, I think that's it. Uh, if you want to come and see me on the stage, uh, I will be in the Tivoli Christmas Panto uh, alongside Mary Byrne, Alan Hughes, Rob Murphy, uh, Michelle McGrath, Keila Whelan. It's going to be fucking deadly. Morgan Cook, there's just a great gang involved and uh, it would be deadly to see you guys there if you're free. So that's the Tivoli Theatre. We kick off on December the 7th and we're running right through till the end of January really. So it's uh, a long L stint and uh, yeah, especially if you've got young'uns, kids or nieces or nephews or grandkids or you just want to rob a child and bring them that's totally fine by me guys enjoy sean doyle playing personality bingo with tom moran sean doyle let's play personality bingo with tom moran Okay, right, let's do it. Um, so I'll give you a quick explainer of how it all works. I know you're a massive fan of the show, though, so you already know this shit. So much um, Right, but there's 60 balls in here, 60 questions on the sheet, uh, and I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. You've got a sheet in front of you with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? It's 19, 32, 40, 16, and 58. Sweet, nice. Okay, do me another favour and will you pick a six number, uh, something that's not on the sheet and that's between one and 60. Not from my machine. Get your fucking hands off. Oh, I just get to pick You get to pick it from your brain, I'm man. I'm so sorry for touching your little twirly I knob. mean, it, it's worse than touching my arse. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I've touched your arse and your balls. Yeah. It's good now. <laughs> what did you pick? Uh, uh, the bingo ball, 17. Nice. Okay, sweet. Uh, any reason? Just uh, I like 17. 17 and 23 are good, man. Mm. You know, all nice. hail Irish. 
Yeah, 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 all right, let's do it. Um, right, and I should say that if all six of your numbers come out, which I warn has never happened, but people have got close, people have got five, people have also got zero, but if all six of your numbers comes out, that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question. Who was it India world. got? I think India got five. Oh. I believe India got five. Um, other mm. people have been close, there's been some fours, there's been loads of threes, loads of twos, loads of ones. Rex started very strong and quickly nosedived into a big fucking Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, look, it's all there to play for. Right, uh, oh, baby. 60 minutes on the clock, let's give it a spin. Alright, here we go, first number out the gate is number 11, do you have it? Number 11, I do not. No worries, number 11. Uh, do you have a role model? Off to a good start. Uh, do I have a role model? Mm. Um, hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really like Marty Ray as an actor. Mm. I really like looking at him act. I love how he uses his voice, man. His voice is... The most elastic thing in the world. I saw um, the full Druid Shakespeare down in Kilkenny. It was like the last show ever. So they'd done it fucking hundreds of times. And it was in a big amphitheatre with hundreds of people. And he would be whispering as Richard II. And you could hear it everywhere. Really? He'd bring his voice down really low. But his just voice control. He also did... Um, um, what is that Sean O'Casey play that was on in the gate? Shadow of a Gunman. Mm. And... Actually, he was playing on the stars. He was playing fluter. That's right. Yeah, sorry. It was Marco Halloran did Shadow Gunman in the Abbey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about him, and it's stuck in my head now. Yeah. But Marty did this thing at the very end of the play where he just suddenly, like at the very end, just it just turned into this really surreal thing where he literally transformed his body and voice into like a monster, and he was like underneath the rails of the bed, kind of sticking his head out and and going like this stars. And it was just, it just was one of those moments, you know, those theatrical moments that kind of stick in your heads. Yeah. Um, I love him. I, lo- I love just even from talking to someone like Pat Kinavan um, and how kind and open he is and humble because basically ended up talking to him up in Belfast about how much I basically loved him and was basically crying and looking at him, telling him that I, I, <laughs> I appreciate your work so much. Yeah. And he... Uh, He's like, I don't actually care. I just, uh, I just as long as you look at it and you go like, I can be fearless in my work and do whatever I want. And he went on this massive talk about, about why he works and how it's all about the work. Uh, this kind of kindness that comes only when you're at the peak of your, yeah, of your ability. Like he's someone I, I think I've seen. So I'm sure, like possibly yourself. Like, I think I've seen it four or five times. Like it's just such an incredible. I've seen the others as well, but for whatever reason, his play silent. Every people who don't know, it's this one man play where he, I won't I won't spoil it, but it kind of deals with like homelessness and identity and family. It's just an absolutely beautiful piece of work. But like the the range of what he does in that play, again vocally, physically, fuck, just other level good. Man, and and it was one of the, it, it kind of was one of the protogenesises of of a play dealing with mental health in quite a in quite a sincere way as mm. well, mm. um, which is obviously, you know, quite popular now. Which is uh, popular being a, a kind of a weird way to phrase it, but yeah, it, we're at least dealing with uh, these issues in a more open way now, not just in the theatre, but uh, kind of in mass society, mm. which is good. It is really good, apart from Leo Varadkar. Telling us that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. 
taking away funding. Yeah, yeah man. Like, <laughs> just the world in general. It's like just a, it's such a strange time in the world. It's like ultimate chaos, isn't it? It's it's fucking crazy, and like it's and it's it's difficult to talk about it. I mean, like uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, um, Fnula Gigaxon, oh, and um, yeah, just another per- I, someone who I didn't know super well, but just such a sweetheart and so intelligent, and uh, whose work I know and whose work is brilliant. And we, you know, trying to get our heads around. Uh, it was right in the midst of when everything had come out about Michael Colgan, and I know we're very much still in the aftermath of all that. Absolutely. Uh, and then you know since. Since then, even like I, um, so it's really weird. Uh, Louis C.K. Obviously, these um, allegations have come to that the was fore. Well known, see, that, that, was, that was well known. Well known. Yeah, it was funny. Just bef- just while I was walking down here to meet you, I was listening to Mark Marin talk about it, and mm. it, it was so interesting because he was someone who was like, "Look, we all kind of heard," and we asked Louis, and he said, "No," and like he was like, "The nature of this was that, it, you know, everything that we, that's come out now, uh, and and you can talk about all the power dynamics that make it so difficult." Like, it's just, it's so hard to talk about it in so many ways because obviously just anyone who's been the victim of anything like that just deserves 100% empathy Absolutely. for what they've gone through and how difficult it must be to come forward and talk about that. And then, you know, and, and let's just say that as a given. And then like... It also feels wrong that we're two white, cis, middle-class males right. talking about it because, you know, we are probably on the, the highest list of offenders. Like, what can we do except for go like... Oh, shit, I'm I'm a man. I'm 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 sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, there's that. Like, there's there, there's just so much weirdness. Even that. Like, sometimes I struggle with that because you're like, everyone should be able to talk about everything because that's the only way that we learn, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I because that's one of the things I was gonna like. Maybe it's a question. It's like I've I've paid like sixty euro to go see Louis C- CK. Yeah. Like, I I had this poster up in my room. It's still there, and I've been looking at like, what do we do with this and now? He's staring down at you. Like, what do I do with it? Because he's he was a hero of mine. The work that he made what, while he'd done all that stuff, you know, when it, before like you kind of knew about it. It's like that work's still there. Yeah, I know now that he's this like this person who's like really hurt these women. Like, and and kind of like I don't want to say ruined their lives because that's to completely disempower them, but certainly like had a massive impact on their lives and like what's your responsibility as like a fan as a consumer to that now certainly I don't think I'd pay to see him again no I mean I bought like it was one of the few times actually this is probably a bad space to say this but one of the few times I've actually bought uh, a TV show I mean I, he, he released Horace and Pete right. which I still hold up to being one of the most experimental and great examples of modern television mm. you know and especially in a multi-camera shoot Um. And I bought it in in all of his episodes because I I was amazed by it. And yeah. it feels dirty now. Yeah. Uh, and and even watching it now, even looking at what I would have perceived to be emotional, great acting, I look into his eyes now, and you can't unsee the image of of him just like, you know, spurting into your face. That's the thing. Like it's so. so and maybe like, that's what you should do as a as a comeback or as a payback. I was gonna say comeback. That's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like yeah. you, you obviously have your alone time in your room, and his posters there. So maybe that's the the ultimate, the ultimate. Um, yeah, that would be kind of poetic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, comeback was a good word. I mean, come where? Uh, but I mean, th- that's the uh, yeah. It's 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 just the weird thing about it. But like, there's so many. Like, I mean, there was the whole stuff at the Oscars last year. You know, Casey Affleck wins. He's had someone who's had a, a fair amount of allegations thrown his yeah. way. Does it change the fact that his performance in Manchester by the Sea is brilliant? I don't know, like, it, like, because that's bad. A, people can do good work. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, history has shown us that, like, over and over again. There's fucking monsters, especially in that industry. Like, there's, there's dudes like, um, I mean, like Cosby, for example, like a primary example. He was like the American. He was held up as like the poster boy of like he had the, the cleanest American dream. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? 
it's fucking weird. I just don't like it's so because you're you're right, and it is really important to say that as two straight white guys, yeah. Absolutely. And then it's like, okay, and once like that's acknowledged and stuff like then do we park it and we try and like work out how to how to get better? Well, no, but this is a weird thing about the like the militant left approach to to society now, where you even language is under assault. I mean, I was listening to um, someone that I admire a lot, which is Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah, great podcast, great lectures up on YouTube, and uh, and a very tenuous subject. He is under a lot of flack recently over some of the comments that he made over the transgender argument at the moment where he considers it to be actually an assault on free speech that he's being forced to refer to people by um, the many different pronouns like ziz and, and zir mm. um, that, that he considers it to be actually a, quite a global like the the ramifications for language and control over language mm. are massive yeah um, especially in Canada it seems well yeah because it's been written into the constitution and uh, and, and his argument is that it's just a dangerous thing to start tampering with how we even can use language and what we're allowed to talk about. Mm. Y- you know, it's getting more Orwellian just in much more sur- surreptitious ways. You know? Yeah. And like, do you know what's... Yeah, the- not that I would agree fully with his views or anything because I, obviously it's quite a tenuous argument. Yeah. Um, And I could go off on a different tangent. My, my own worldview is that, you know, every existence is pertinent to itself. You should be able to lead your existence in any way that you want to do. I should be able to lead my existence in any way you want to do because mm. at the end of the day, that's what it means to be a, <laughs> the feeling sensory parts of the universe. We're blessed with being able to experience the universe, one of the only creatures on the planet that can experience and reflect mm-hmm. on the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a massive thing. It's huge. Uh, so to be in any way dampened down and numbed down is is bogus to me yeah and it, and it's shit as well that like because you're right like th- because there is this thing of like okay the liberal left which as in myself and yourself would, would exist in a world here in dublin that is is hyper liberal and in a, in a wonderful way as well i'm, I'm really clean to say. in a very new way in yeah. a very new way mm-hmm. and it but it's also like it's also very much i i would certainly feel it coming from a somewhat like rurally background like it's definitely also to a degree, like an echo chamber as well, you know. And I, I happen to like try expose myself to other views, yeah, through podcasts, listening to people like Peterson, who maybe wouldn't be. I, even though I think Peterson probably is still very much a liberal. Um, oh, yeah, completely. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, you're right. It's like there's such extremities, and it's kind of fucked now. Even like the, and I'm, by the way, this is no slight in like what you say because I completely agree, and my train of thought would be very similar. But like that, we talk about like these women in cases like. Women in case like CK or um, Spacey or Colgan, whatever the fuck you want to do, and then it gets brought back. Like so, it, it kind of all becomes into this like all-encompassing like blur of like leftness, and like there's such a scale to it. And I think Absolutely. that's the thing. Like the truth is nearly always like somewhere in the middle of these big ideological things, and it's just fucking tricky. But it, it, it just it serves no purpose, does it? When like you just keep getting muddied by going like, oh well, I can't say that. And I think this, and I think especially as a creative person, I read a, an interesting article there just about how how the brains work, where you're actually you have so many different viewpoints. Yeah, that you're going, you're going like, I believe this, but also this, and I also have a tiny bit of this that I'd like to think. And it's very hard. I, I find for myself, maybe that's just a youth thing, or maybe. Uh, whatever the way my brain works but I find it very hard to narrow down actually 
clear-cut, definitive viewpoints on how I feel about things mm-hmm. undefatigability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, is in I'm I'm only like I'm only ever like a clickbait article away from probably changing my mind about like you know 50 percent of things. Yeah, there's certain things that I'm pretty like nailed down and like right now that's what I think. But even I was talking to Romana about it recently and like you know we we try and I guess you know there's certain people that like are <laughs> to use the word uh, like your safe space. Like you know there's certain people and I know I can talk to her and I can say the wrong thing and it's okay and if she hears it she's like well, that kind of sounds fucked up and vice versa you know what I mean Absolutely. and like it's okay because that's the problem now you can't make a mistake and that's why even talking now like well this exists forever so if we say the fucked up thing and then someone hears the fucked up thing like don't get me wrong this is hard not Joe Rogan there's not like hundreds of thousands of people listening to this well don't be modest I mean yeah it's millions uh, but do you know what I mean like that you don't want it on record of you making a mistake or you hashing something out or you like just being confused about like someone who like, I mean, the whole Louis C.K. thing was, like, the thing that I loved about him was that he gave voice to all the, like, fucked up thoughts in your head and then said, but, like, the whole point I always thought was, like, but this is the reason we don't do it. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, yeah, he he talked about women in this way and he used, like, a weird voice for women and, like, that was whatever it was, but it always felt out of a place of, like, hyper self-awareness that that's all bollocks. But he, and, and I mean, even to go back to Horace and Pete that he wrote. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at, um, th- th- there's, like, the start of... Uh, is it the start of episode three where his ex-wife it just opens on his ex-wife uh, and it's not Eddie Falco it's um, she was in uh, Steppenwolf Theatre Company I know yeah um, she, she's she's amazing I, I, I'm, this is even <laughs> yeah uh, considering what we're talking about even to forget her name the nameless woman yeah 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 uh, but she, she, she it's just it's 20 minutes of just a, a monologue a close-up monologue of her talking and it's beautifully written it's amazing from a women's perspective. Yeah, and then even in episode seven, uh, he he spoilers he sleeps with um, a woman at the bar. Incredible this scene. This brings her up, and then the, the morning after, uh, they have this huge argument, and it, maybe maybe she had transitioned into being a woman. Maybe she hadn't. Yeah. It's never fully. And was it her responsibility to let him know? Yeah, and, and it's it's a beautiful exploration of these topics that again we get afraid of talking about because what if. What if we make a mistake? What if we say something that's not globally, globally, uh, you know, right, mm. or, or that we don't fall into the consensus of of the the liberal left that we're so eager to please? Mm. And the, the thing is, people can grow. People can people can have. I mean, I can anyway. I know mm. you can because mm. you're you're an open human. That we can have made up our minds about something, but we're not gonna like plant those roots and get them down and mixed amongst the concrete that they're so embedded that we can't ultimately drag them up and replant them somewhere else mm-hmm. if somebody provides a counter argument to something i believe and we discuss it i'm gonna be open enough to go okay yeah shit <laughs> that's right yeah oh, i've been, i've had my mind i i like i'm like notoriously like just i'm so like to the point where like it might be a problem like i'd never be able to be a politician because I changed my mind too much because I just don't know and I'm, I'm, I want to be influenced by people who know more like because most people probably know more about me than this stuff like I'm trying to I'm trying to learn I'm trying to soak it up and you know it is it, it's a phrase that kind of like bothers me sometimes like do better it's like what the fuck does that mean but it's like I, I am genuinely trying to like learn more about the world and like I guess a lot of it comes down to like just can you like empathise like because that can be hard sometimes it can be hard to just get outside of yourself and go but you know I have no idea what, what that must feel like I have no idea like I think I know what it might feel like, like for you know one of the biggest comedians in the world to sit down and ask you, can he jerk off in front of you like that? Like, 
but I don't know. Like, as, as a man, there's no way I know what it's like to feel, like, physically... Because that, that, I think that's a big thing, that, like, I, I don't really understand what it's like to walk home and kind of just, like, walk by guys and just not, not really know, like, are they going to, you know, are they going to, like, talk to me when I don't want to talk to anyone? Are they going to, like, physically touch me in ways I don't want to be touched? Yeah. All these things... I don't. I don't know. Can I ever know that? I can certainly have empathy towards it, but can I actually know? Probably not. I, I I've I've had a bit of experience of of um of of being you know sexually assaulted mm. and f- now very very minorly, but one is, one is quite invade one one is quite invasive and and forceful and it's it's there's very little you can do. Yeah, you know because if you like the person. It, it, you know, you kind. I don't know, man. I kind of you kind of just make up excuses for it, and you still, you're still, you still be around them. But it gets to a point where you know, at a certain point, after maybe a drink or two, that hands are gonna start wandering, or, or you know, you know, people are gonna start grabbing you for whatever reason, and and mm. and you just, I well, I I just kind of laughed it off and pushed hands away and did these things. When you're saying that, something came out this morning about another person, and they weren't named, but it's very apparent to me who the person is. And I was like, again, like, and, and I'm very careful to not want to level everything. But yeah, and like this is the bollocks thing as well. It's all, in all the, the reports. It's always like the alleged victim, mm. the alleged, uh, and it's 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 we we have such a problem with with believe like first of all. It's a fucking massive deal to come out and say something like this. That 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 this is something that has happened to you because it ultimately again it deals back with it makes you look like a victim, which is a, a weakened state in society, which which is a, 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 it, which is you know anathema to success and, and and stuff like this. Right. But also, yeah, there's just no there's no f- the, the libel laws in this country in particular. Are, you can't say fucking anything about anybody mm-hmm. or you're sued. Yeah. And most of the uh, most of the radio stations and newspapers are owned by certain people that people want to be talking about anyway. So yeah. you can't, you know, it's sipped up tight. Yeah. Shout out to you, Dennis O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, it, no, but you're right. Like, I, it, that's what I was saying that the, this morning something came out and I was like, yeah, fuck, like, the, oh, yeah. Like, when I thought back about it, and it was funny, it was only when someone else came out about it. Like, that's why I, have a, that's why I guess I'm talking about, like, you need to have empathy for anyone who says they're a victim of, anything, of this thing because it's only when someone else came out and said it and I saw something on Twitter and then I saw another person say it on Twitter and, like, I definitely, like, was completely behaved inappropriately towards by another, it was another, another, another guy and, uh, and I, I laughed because, you know, it was, it was something. I think this could have been the same guy. It quite possibly I was. Think this was the it's same something guy. In, in 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 this industry, and I didn't know what to do, and they were definitely like uh, ahead of me, whatever that means. And I um, sometimes can be a people pleaser, and sometimes I'm not always brave. And I laughed, and it wasn't cool. And I've thought about it since, and I've never done anything about it. I've never really talked about it, but like it, it was completely wrong, and. I've never talked about this either, and it's uh, and it's a, an interesting one because I think uh, charisma plays a lot to do with it. Mm. Um, it. That if somebody acts like something is completely normal uh, and it's not like I don't know, I uh, for me like it was it was always in public, and I never wanted to same. I never wanted to like say ruin the mood. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, other people seen it and other people laugh too. The, yeah, you know, it's like this vibe is going on, so you're not gonna just be like, hey, y- you know. Yeah, I I, I should have maybe. Uh, yeah, me too. But when it gets too far, I have done. I like I've you know, 
it was like anything. It's like be it's like even people who would you know beat you up in the locker room or whatever. You would eventually you start fighting back at it, and it's like that. That's when I suppose you move off to move off to other people. Yeah. I mean, I think if one thing is apparent, it's you're definitely not going to win personality bingo. Because <laughs> we, we just went in a rant for like 20 minutes. Woo! But it was great. I loved it. And it's actually more important than bingo balls. <laughs> As I take a pathetic bingo ball and drop it on the floor. One more pathetic it. bingo ball. What have you got? Yeah, I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll get back there. Number 17. Oh, baby. I just picked that number. Whoa. So maybe. Okay, we'll do these real quick ones. He's good. Uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned about acting? Oh, jeez. That's a heavy one. Yeah. I like this. Do you just know all these numbers off by heart? No, I've got them all written here. Okay, I'm just trying to... Um, buy time. Just trying to buy time. Take your time, man. I mean, it's a weird question. I have it in Cirque Guest career, and I know you do other things, but like, I, you're you're just a naturally like gifted actor. I remember The first thing I seen you in was in The Peacock, in the, the play that came from Edinburgh, the, the knife crime one. Deadly, yeah. Deadly. That was fucking amazing, man. You were incredible on that. It was a tough role as well, I think, because it was that, like, straighter dude. There was also the other kind of more, like, overtly aggressive... Yeah, Fionn, he's ama- he was in Cardboard Gangster. Amazing actor as well. He was Shadow of a Gunman, actually. He was or he was in the play on the stars that, that Marty was in as well. Right. Um, great actor. Yeah. But, uh, but it was just... I thought it was a great show. I thought the two of you were incredible. But, um, yeah, so I'd be curious to know, like, if there's something or a couple of things someone some, something said... That stuck with you about acting. Yeah, I just I go back to um to to Pat Kinnavan really. I I mean just because um it t- it took me out of a place. So a, a number of things happened at the at the end of last year. Um, I um I went up the north to do a clown workshop with Philippe Gaulier. Mm. Uh, he was like the we did a, a master class in Buffon with um with a clown company that's up there called Amadon and and they're amazing Gemma. And uh, Mr. Messi, they're they're incredible. But they brought over Philip Gaulier, um, who is considered to be the last great living clown. Right. And um, Rex Ryan came up with me and Daryl McCormick, and we lived in a in a very very dodgy uh, dodgy area of Belfast mm. uh, to the point where I booked the Airbnb that was uh, cheap, uh, suspiciously cheap, and uh, very close to where we were going to be doing the workshop. So I got off the bus on my own. I went up the night before and. Uh, was wandering around and my phone stopped working so I knew the address I knew the road I didn't know the address so I wandered along and suddenly there was red blue and white paint all over the cobblestones lots of flags oh there's a couple of nice little murals and I turned down this alleyway and there's loads of people outside houses and a a, a massive flag hanging out from every single house Um, luckily everyone was absolutely beautiful and the neighbors helped me find out where i was going mm. but uh it was a it was a weird old one to be walking back to every time yeah of course um but we were grand um i won't go into the course uh because i'm going off the question but uh the the course was uh for me uh i don't know how you feel about when you when you're being when you're being taught or when when you're in some sort of uh, uh working environment where you're there to learn mm. um personally i prefer a space that is uh, safe where you can fail and 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 that's fine and you learn through that mm-hmm. and you're given uh, it's just a, a a loving thing and maybe this is just a, a weakness of my own character but this was a very much uh, 
um, you would get up on stage and after three seconds, maybe um, this, you know, octogenarian French dude with a beret and a big massive bower on would just go, you are rabbit fart on bag of Saints, please get off the stage. Boom. And you would just go. And there was no, he, he never said anything about how you could improve or what you could do. It's just, you got the feeling and just straight away, and for for five days and a lot of money, it was incredibly crippling for me in terms of confidence. I actually left thinking fully convinced I was autistic. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, okay, that's uh, I can't act and I, I won't act. Um, in the middle of that, Pat Kinavan was up in the Mac doing Silent and Underneath. Mm. So we went to see Silent, um, and then I, I I ended up talking with him for a while with a few, with another with one other girl and and his um, and his his uh, sound up, and um, we just talked and drank and, and talked about theatre. And uh, he, he he his advice to me was basically that there's a lot of there's a lot of ego in theatre at the moment, and this is what convinced him to actually leave acting and go and become a carpenter and, 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 and not act and eventually he was convinced to come back but he wanted autonomy over his work and he started working with Fish Amble to great acclaim as we know mm. and uh, he just said listen I don't care if you I don't care if you if you think I'm good because I don't know if I fully believe that I, I'm, I'm thank you for telling me this but I don't care what I what I want you to know is that you you can you can be fearless in your work you can do anything anything is possible but don't buy into this idea that 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 acting should be easy because a lot of people think it should be just easy you should just show up and it's easy and if it's not easy it's not worth having blood sweat and tears is what it takes blood sweat and tears and he just went just the way he he talked about growing up with great actors like Owen Rowe and Owen Fure who instilled on him that it's all about the work and kindness mm. blood sweat tears and love yeah. So that was lovely advice. Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, and then and then soon after that, I got involved with the core ensemble through Rex, mm. and so uh, it, it was the first time in a long time that I felt like I had a, a kind of a spark back in my eye, and I was really just engaged with acting again, and I haven't looked looked back since then. So yeah, like how important isn't that? Isn't that the thing? Like it's just that spark. However you get it, like you just you need to find that, and you need to find the people that give that to you. Absolutely. And and being around people that um, that say like with the core ensemble as maybe as corny as it sounds I don't know it's too early and I haven't finished my coffee but I feel like being in a space with these people I am able to be the best version of myself mm -hmm. do you know what I mean mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm 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 acting to my highest ability I'm making people laugh on the off times they're making me laugh we just ha we just have a, a lovely time together yeah. And I just feel, yeah, like a, a really good Sean. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. There's some people that like elevate you, and there's some people that that don't. And it, that's not that that's not even the th the weird thing is that's not even a judgment on those people. It's just like it's like fucking chemistry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Some people just like lift you up. Some people bring you down. And the thing that will bring you down for someone will bring someone else up. And the thing to get, and I suppose the thing is not to be. You know, obviously, I prefer to be in a space where where we're vibing together. And the energy is good, but if I'm in a space, if I'm working with people that maybe it's not like that, it still shouldn't affect you that much. Mm -hmm. And that's that's going to be the next stage for, for for myself. I think personally is getting to a point where, um, I, you know, getting over 
um, this sort of anxious maybe need to please people or um, even it's a it's a it's a youth thing as well I think of uh, even though Jesus I'm 25 mm. um, which is not youthful anymore <laughs> I think uh, fuck <laughs> there's someone who's like 43 <laughs> listens to this being like that lad can go fuck himself fuck him. well what I what, well it's just from going back to college and, and being around like people who who are young mm. you know uh, you know I'm, I'm not I, I wouldn't consider myself young anymore do you know what I mean mm. I, I'm yeah. in a I'm in, a be- I, I'm in actually the best I don't know about you, how you feel about 25 or anything are you 25? 24. 24? Nearly. Oh, man, you you just hit the middle 20s. Good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. But just to feel like, yeah, that, yeah, things, things are great. Things are grand. Mm-hmm. R- r- like, feeling like there's an even keel in the ocean. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it's just, it's rocking about, but it's, ne- it's never unsettling. Yeah. And um, what was the question again? It was your greatest advice about acting, but... <laughs> I think I think we what's your greatest advice with the ocean uh, and even I think we covered it all, man. I think we did it. Uh, right here we go, number forty-seven. Do you have it? Forty-seven. I don't. No worries. Um, happy or sad? Tell us about a moment in your life that you'll never forget. Mm. Uh, one solitary moment. Um, I mean. I went. I, I, well, I, yeah, I have one. So I, I went. I went off to um, in in twenty twenty fifteen. No, it was not. It was in twenty fourteen. Mm. Uh, I went off uh, to New Zealand. Um, I had a, a month or two off from work at the time. I was working quite intensely out in RTE, and uh, just had a month. And it was in quite. It was in February, March kind of vibe. Um, so there was no one to go traveling with because obviously everyone was either working or in college or mm. was a broke artist. Um, so. Uh, I ended up kind of booking a flight to New Zealand three days before the flight, very randomly, didn't plan it, uh, just suddenly, it just popped into my head, New Zealand, uh, booked this flight three days before, told my, my family I was heading off and they didn't believe me and then like the day came and I was like, okay, I'll see you as I'm going off for, yeah. <laughs> for like five weeks. Yeah. Um, and over there, yeah, I the, well, the one solitary moment I'll do is there was like um, an outdoor an outdoor hot springs in the middle of a, of a, of a national park. Um, the town smelt like sulfur, which is quite a weird, <laughs> quite a weird place. Yeah. Um, but out in the national park, yeah, there was just this, this, um, waterfall of, of, of boiling hot water. And it, as it spread out towards a lake, you could choose a point that melded together to make your own kind of natural hot tub. Wow. So I just, kind of went down with two people that I was friends with there was a few locals down there with music and, and a few beers and I just was lying in this pool of outdoor jacuzzi looking up at more stars than space in, in the great vastness of New Zealand and, and it was it was beautiful it gorgeous was, I mean there is something to be said for just like getting away from I mean it's not even like about Dublin or I think it's just about getting away from like the city and from people and like I don't know exactly where this but I imagine if it's a park it's somewhere like kind of beautiful I just spent like a week in Donegal and same vibe just like you know with the ocean with the beach with fucking donkeys like your phone didn't come out with you you know it was just so good the Norwegians have a a beautiful word that is uh, it has been kind of I I came across it through some writing by Ibsen Mm. and it's been kind of perverted a bit in in modern day Norwegian but it's uh, friluftsliv okay which means um, gaining sustenance from nature wow that nature sustains you and, and it would be something that I've always um, I always kind of vibed with that 
um, yeah, I love not man the less, but nature more, as, mm. as, as Lord B B B Byron said. Okay, you know, I just it's a, it's it's something that, especially if you live in the city center, which I do at the moment. I mean, I cycle everywhere. There's there's not a lot of time to go tramping around and rambling. The other day, I like. I just walked into town yeah. and I walked through Stevens Green and my feet touched the grass and I just realised it had been a couple of months since, since my feet had been on grass. Been on grass, and isn't that, that crazy? And that was a fucking head melter of a thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important, yeah, to, to, to get out into nature. Yeah. Mark Twain, also just on the travel point, I'm just doing all the quotes in this question. Yeah. So he has a great quote about along the lines of there's, not, there's, there's nothing more fatal towards prejudice than, than, than leaving the town that you're born in or something along these lines like basically that travel is a way to beat prejudice mm-hmm. and to develop empathy um, yeah, do you think you'll leave Dublin do you, do you think about emigrating do you think about London I mean it's always just the obvious one isn't it it's always on the mind isn't it yeah because you see a lot of people going over and yeah, I think the thing that I find is that I always it's always just like I, whenever I see someone go I just check myself and be like why aren't you going and if it's from a place of like it doesn't feel right Cool. If it's from a place of fear, then I think you have to go. Okay. Okay. Jo- jo- and that's a really healthy thing. Is you know, if I, if I feel if I feel afraid about something, I'll just do it. Yeah. Just even go like, fuck you, super ego. Yeah. 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 Prove you wrong, man. That's the thing. Yeah, but you do think about it. It's something that pops up. Yeah, I I, I want to go traveling. I I suppose I I would rather go traveling than settle. Yes. Um, so I, I South America is probably next for me. Uh, excuse me. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not so sure if it's necessary to live in London mm-hmm. as an actor at the moment, because even if you did live in London, you're you're there's still going to be doing self tapes for everything. Yeah, I'm probably getting called back here every now and then. Hopefully, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, that's the weird. Isn't that the weirdest uh, precedent ever? People leave, and the minute they leave, they yeah. come back because they get work, and right. it's like, oh, oh, he's going over to London, was it? Yeah. Oh, he must be good, so we'll get him back in there now. It's funny. Starring role in the gate. Yeah. It happens. It seems to happen again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. Do you think? Um, so let's just play the game where you stay here. Could do you think that you'll always be, you know, in that like, you know, fifteen kilometer radius of the city centre, or could you see yourself going out into the sticks and living that life? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I my family home. I'm quite blessed. I hated it at the time in my youth. Um, I, I'm from Furhouse, Chakwisha, which is um, kind of on the outskirts of, of South West Dublin. Mm. So it's kind of nestled in between Knockline and Talla, um, the posh part of Talla, as people call it sometimes, which just means there's um, lovely, lovely foliage amongst all the burning wreckages <laughs> of cars. But it was a 40-minute walk up to the top of the mountains to the, like, the Hellfire Club in Massey's Wood and right. amazing, lovely vistas with, with, with lots of horses and cows and stuff. And so 40 minutes walk, which is one of my favourite walks ever in Massey's Wood. And uh, and then a 20-minute cycle into the city centre. So in terms of that, that's you're kind of in some sort of idyllic sort of that's the sweet spot isn't there it? Yeah, yeah yeah i hated it at the time but um now i i love getting home there um yeah i i, I could see myself at some stage like say if i i have great aspirations of of spending concentrated amounts of time on music so if that was the case i'd i'd go off there mm. um there's a lovely there's a lovely uh, buddhist retreat in cavan actually called jampaling which is a beautiful space to spend some time as well in in the kind of wilderness of of Cavan mm. and um, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, I guess... You would know. you be talking about it, like, would you like to go to a place and not talk to people? Yes. That's what you want. Yeah, like, that's what I did in Donegal. I went and uh, <laughs> I, I, I only have my learner, so I'm not driving at the moment. So I flew down to Donegal, up to Donegal, uh, 30, um, 30 euro, about a four... Okay, you got a flight. Got a flight from 30 euro <laughs> to Donegal, okay? So, like, 50, 50, um, 50 minutes on the plane. It was there an hour. I could, I could walk from the airport to the gaff that I was staying in uh, I got I got a taxi to the shop and back um, cost me about like 18 euro and uh, and just stocked up just stocked up got food for a week and I didn't I didn't leave it, I was staying like on a little island basically there's a causeway to get to the mainland and, wow. it, and I didn't leave just surrounded by beaches I went for like a three hour walk in the morning came back and rode for the rest of the day beautiful then it, you know once whose it got, house is this did you find it on it, a my folks got it years ago tiny little house oh Jesus Tom I'd love to go T- yeah no man 100% it, it is that kind of thing that like and it's um it's a tiny little house, but you know it's it's actually got like four beds in it, like it's perfect um like the perfect artist retreat really anyone retreat I should say, but just for me I'm really I think my creativity is really connected to um not yeah, being distracted not yeah I mean probably like <laughs> fucking everybody do you know what I mean yeah. but like there's no yeah we don't have like you know Wi-Fi up there nothing like that and I just went up and uh, I wrote a load you know drank some lovely wine cooked a lot uh, you know sure ate too much definitely like walked for like four hours a day hopefully it balanced itself out but I mean yeah just lived that life and I was like this is important for me like this is something that like I don't think I'd like to live there for a year either but I think some better balance I think would be really beneficial to to every part of my life to be honest Mm -hmm. every part of it because even coming back here now like I feel I feel good about it I kind of feel like a little bit more refreshed and I think yeah the stressful things feel like more stressful when you're back here and you've lived that life because it's just a different pace even I remember like I was saying I got the taxi down and he just waited for me outside the shop and he was like take your time but I was obviously like you know I don't want to leave him waiting for me so I was running in the shop and he flew back out with my fucking trolley and he was just there <laughs> he didn't give a fuck he was happy yeah. you know he was just like waiting for me then he just got in and he just <laughs> he just wanted to talk to me about like you know his him playing poker you know what I mean that's yeah. what he wanted to do and he was happy and um because yeah you're right like here you don't have time to you, even if even if you're wrong there's just that thing in your mind about living in the city and it kind of makes you go 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 absolutely and you feel like uh, Jesus you can't even sit with yourself in silence there's always some fucking distraction because you're like oh what 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 you could be you could be learning yeah you could be doing something that's the thing and it's con- and it's and it's I I I find it actually to the point of of like do this do this do this do this no you should be doing this no you should read no you should play some guitar no you should actually record no you should write no you should be and it, and and then and then I just you know have a massive wank and go to bed <laughs> there's a lot to be said for that as well do you know what I mean and yeah. it's just it's just like it's the pressure of it it's like the junior sir time where I you know obviously you know about my personal record yeah do you want to share it? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Uh, Seventeen. No, I don't. No. Don't don't shame other people. No. Not everyone can do those numbers. That's an interesting one. one as well, actually, about about masturbation at the moment. Uh, yeah. And just not you like weaning yourself off porn. Sure. It's a really interesting one, but I don't know whether it's the right time to talk about it. No, someone. It's funny. Someone asked me that the other day, and um, uh, Romana was talking to me about it, and and she was like, she's like, so what did you see? I was like, oh, you just use your imagination. You. You think about something like, or like you'd find like a a Hello magazine. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm sure people done way weirder things than that. I'm sure it's not exactly like it's not like it's not Grand something. Oh. It's not. It's not what you brag about, but like these these are the realities. And um, and she like, I, I, do you find that sad that like cause now like you just like your phone's there and like you've got like access to like just 
whatever the fuck you want and I was like I mean yeah I, I, I don't really think about it that much it's quite an automatic thing maybe that's the thing now so mm. it's probably good that you're like you even, you even have that awareness about it because yeah like all that stuff's just it's just so immediate now like I, I was listening to another podcast with a comedian talking about his daughter is at that age where like she's um I think she's like you know in her like mid-teens she's probably 15, 16 and I think you know she was giving some dude a wank and he was you know put his hand down her um whatever the fuck she was wearing and uh, he went to finger her and he was like what the fuck and she was like what what, what? and she's like what the fuck is that and she had like some pubic hair and he'd never seen pubic hair he didn't know that girls had pubic hair because he's only ever seen porn and in porn most women don't have anything any oh, pubic Jesus hair Christ. and he just like did not know what it was oh, this is her dad who's talking about this yeah <laughs> I mean he's a comedian so I feel like he kind of has that like no holds barred attitude about it absolutely yeah but uh, I mean yeah it, like it was fascinating though for me to get that insight because I was just like fuck okay that's a terrifying that's because imagine all the shame she feels about that. Like, Absolutely. Anyone does anything to like anything that you, any of your genitals, like. At that age, yeah. any judgment at all. Even fucking now, like, I, I still struggle with like my pubic hair etiquette. What the fuck do you do with it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and it, all of that <laughs> shit's so personal. And well, it, we're coming into the winter, man. You need to start, you know. <laughs> you need to stock you up. You need to start collecting and stocking up as much as possible. Yeah. So I can go around the drain holes and try and. <laughs> You know, tape it back on. Yeah, because you've got a mighty fine head of chest hair. I, I've got a little bit going on. Yeah, it's great. I just got my first one there. Oh, nice man. Yeah, there's like oh, there's, oh we're doing okay. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's spreading out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you know, thirteen year old guy player. Yeah, that's actually exactly what it's like. That was a beautiful, beautiful image of it. Like, beautiful. but um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just weird. So. Uh, but like maybe that's the way the world's going because like yeah everything's just in your fucking phone you can just you can just see it I mean you can watch people getting beheaded like you can you can literally see anything and yet I just saw on Humans of Dublin there was a young lad don't know what age he was but uh, for, at the age of 13 mm. he learned how to design clothes how to market it how to start a company he got loads of celebs to start wearing his clothes as a young teenager and now he's got his own company that's doing really fucking well. He's Dublin lad. Wow. Uh, it was on Humans of Dublin. Like, I can't think of his name. But um, it, it, that should be my catchphrase today. Yeah, I, just, I can't think of her name. can't think of his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, he, and he says, like, yeah, you go to... He, his quote at the end was just like, yeah, people go to school to just learn order and do all these things. But um, it's only after when the class bell rings that you start learning, which is, which is you know, quite a tied up with a neat little package kind of uh, yes. it's a nice little sound bite but it's kind of it's kind of true it's man, not to be said for it that you can that, like it's a weird thing isn't it that that all of the information that the humans have ever collected is pretty much available up online mm -hmm. and yet information because of this has become rather meaningless because if you don't remember something you just look it up in your phone yeah but your brain doesn't need to store this because it was so easy to access yeah you haven't need to think about it so so then like three days later you're like, what was the name of that thing in and you look it up and you know, it kills arguments. If you have the right mindset and the right focus, it's as a tool. Jesus, I was I was doing courses in, um, like I was doing courses in philosophy, psychology, tarot cards, anything, random things, um, voiceovers. Mm. Did a voiceover training course up online. Random things. Yeah. That you can you can sit down and learn from podcasts, anything, but um. Yeah, like it that's the on thing. Depends how you use it, isn't it? Like that's yeah. the thing. Like that, like because you know, I don't want to sound like by any means I'm like demonizing the internet or porn or anything like that. But it's like everything. Porn phobe. Yeah, exactly right. But like the 
the, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle of like the internet is really good and the internet is really bad. Like, first of all, the internet is probably the most incredible thing that human beings have ever done. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like, up there with space travel. Stonehenge. Yeah. The internet. Pyramids. Madonna's costumes. Yeah. And Beyonce. Um, yeah, um, I think that's. I think we we cracked it. That was the eight wonder of the world. I think it was. <laughs> right here we go, number twenty-three. Oh, ah, that was my second. If choice. you could have picked two numbers, that would have been your second. Well, okay. Right. This is a good omen, man. Seventeen and twenty-three coming up. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Actually, this. One. When was the last this time you said a prayer? Yeah. When was the last time I said a prayer? Um, it depends. What you mean? Like, do you mean any sort of? Do you mean like a Catholic prayer? Do you mean like? What a, would you define as a prayer? Because um, it's one of them terms, yeah. When I when I when I say prayer, I think Catholic because I was brought up to be quite Catholic and was for a lot of my life. Okay, but I I don't want to project it onto you. So whatever you would deem a prayer, because now that's changed for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I yeah, I I was never. Yeah, I I I I suppose I was I was made a Catholic at a young age, forcibly against my will. You, really? Um, well, I I didn't have a choice really in the matter. Um, yeah. Before all my sin was purged out of me, and I was crying up at the altar, some leery man splattered water on my face. Um, is not a is not a fucked up thing. God Godfather and Godmother. Yeah, the whole concept behind it that the mother and father were too full of sin. To go back to the church. Is that the where child. it comes from? So the godfather and godmother brought the child in to be christened because the mother was too full of sin after giving birth. Holy fuck, I never knew that. Yeah. But uh, sorry, we won't go into the big rant there. Anyway, that's probably a big enough explanation of how I feel about uh, any organization that d- <laughs> tramples down on the divine feminine power, which is the most creative force in the whole world. Mm-hmm. But, um,. Uh yeah, a prayer. A prayer could be a prayer could be anything. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I deal a lot with mantras. Actually, I, I find meditation to be a very, very, very helpful thing, especially in a in a hectic world. Um, anything that just carves out a bit of headspace, really. I downloaded the app yesterday. Headspace. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What is it like? Is it good? It's good. Yeah. It's um. Is this the one where you can see all the other people meditating along with you. I don't think so. It could be. I don't think so. This um yesterday, it's like a guided meditation. And it, I, I feel like it's real basic bitch meditation, but it's just very much. I, f- I think what it's good at, it's just, it's very um, encouraging, and it's very much just like, oh, a, a thought popped into your head, and you're like, oh yeah, fuck, it did. And it's like that's all right, totally natural. It's meant to happen, and it just constantly is dragging you into the moment, which is, I think, what it's meant to do. Yeah. From what I gather, and it, it you know, it helps me breathe. And um, I don't do it all the time, but yesterday I was just feeling really overwhelmed, like for the first time in a while, and I was like, right. Fuck it, I'll try download this app. Needless to say, didn't have enough memory on my phone, which uh. kind of added to the whole anxiety <laughs> thing I was going through. Uh, and uh, so, like, it just, it is a bit of a cyclical thing. So then I went onto my computer and then I got it that way. But then I seen a, a, a Facebook message from a friend who was upset at me. And then I was like, oh, oh no, here's another. And it's like, it's just, I was like, just go and look at a fucking tree, Tom. Look at a fucking tree. Yeah, so uh, you know, but uh, it's just it can be geez, you can do it anywhere. People go to the gym, people go for runs. Like Jesus, just concentrating your breathing. Yeah, like even a nice way is just uh, concentrating on your outbreath and letting all because we very rarely do this. Let all of the air leave your body from the outbreath and don't breathe in until you have to again. Let your let like so you're not really focusing on your breath because that in its own way is constricting. Mm. Just become aware of it yeah, you're not just yeah. focusing on it or anything mm-hmm. but I'm not like I, I, I still don't know if I'm doing it right do you know yeah. is there a way to do it right yeah but that's the thing right it's no and I, so in terms of like 
in terms of a mantra at like are you is it is it some kind of like transcendental meditation thing like in a different language or is it like an affirmation kind of for yourself I, I, I yeah. only want to come for revealing because I don't want to I know these are personal things yeah I, I, I don't I don't I mean there's practices that give you your own mantra and stuff I don't really have one um I do um I do some uh, chakra based um with some church fucking deadly just even just to listen to your man's voice um uh, I'll send them on to you man because yeah. they're they're like 23 minutes each um but uh, there's like a there's a there's a resonating word that uh, resonates they say at certain of one of your seven uh, chakras so for example I'm smoking at the moment I use my voice an awful lot um, so I do a lot of throat stuff because, again, it's it's even regardless of whether you believe in energy centers or regardless of whether you believe in the healing power of crystals, mm-hmm. even just having these things in the back of your head, it's like an affirmation in itself. It's like a prayer going, this is what I'm working on. This is what I want to improve. This is what I want to heal or get better. So we, even just thinking about these things, I think, works. Yeah. Regardless of whether there are some, you know, divine connection to the outer sphere of all humanity I don't know like I don't know if this is a thing that exists Mm -hmm. but I know the benefits that I felt from it regardless I don't care if it's a placebo if it works it works that's the thing yeah whatever gets you there I think that's yeah you get me there Tom I get you there yeah yeah alright let's see where this gets you sweet Uh, (laughs) that's a good segue I like that one number 14 number 14 no alright number 14 Uh, what are your memories of 9-11 Jeez, I remember listening to Marco Halloran's version of this and I was like, oh. my memories, and it was really nice. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it was really nice, good times, <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember coming home from school. Um, I remember coming home from school um, with my um, with my twin sister and we lived um, maybe a two-minute walk from my primary school just across the green and into there and it, and it, it was very short. I just remember coming home, being full of beans, and uh, bounding into uh, the back room where the television was on and my mum and dad were, were sitting there watching mm. something and I was immediately like nah, nah. and you know um, because that's all I could do was howl at that stage you know nah, nah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being told to shut up which you know was not an uncommon thing at the time but yeah I just remember looking at these images of smoke and destruction um the the actual ramifications of it were, were, weren't so clear to me i didn't understand i don't know was this the kind of genesis of like a terror attack you know terrorism i think in the way we understand it now it just became like a normal nomenclature like it just became pre- ever present yeah I- ever present in in everything that happens mm-hmm. you know anytime someone who isn't uh caucasian and and kills people it's just terrorism. Yeah. What the fuck's terrorism? A terror attack? What the fuck does that mean? The war on terrorism? What does that mean? The war on terrorism is terror itself. The mm-hmm. whole concept. That is terror. Yeah. It's, a bo- it's so bogus. It's uh, Yeah, and it's so, like, that's such a funny thing. I was thinking about, not to compare it because it is different, but I was thinking about, like, Trump's slogan. I was like, it is the most genius slogan to tap into that American mindset of, like, every word in it is so good. Make, like, productivity, this thing that, like, people were proud of. America, it's such a patriotic country. And again, just tapping into that sense of nostalgia, like, in three words. And great. It does so yeah, much. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Make America great. And sorry, in four words, it's yeah. it's 
like it's got everything in it like it, again because again that's again just, just that nostalgia like we were great and then like all this liberal nonsense like fucked it up the you know the democrats did this let's do it again let's do it our way you know like isis would never have fucked with us before let's make it like that again you know all these yeah, let's not talk about the fact that we created isis yeah well 100 yeah. percent. like so i mean yeah yeah, I mean, nine eleven was just a, I don't know, it, it like it's a weird question to be there, but it's just such a fascinating thing because for me it was so formative. Like I remember, was it formative for you? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I remember, and it like, I was a very frightened kid. Like a lot of things just scared me. Okay. Like, you know, the world, like supernatural things, anything, like just like other people, like you know, I just was frightened. I don't know why. I just was the way I was as a kid, and like, um, but I remember being like so. Yes, I was so afraid. Like I don't know if I cried. I might have cried when I see. I was so afraid. I remember like even then getting on planes for years. I'm sure that's fucking common. And uh, but it was so interesting. I I went over to the states and I did like a year studying there. And it's funny because we you know were part of like the, the these few ranting and raving shows that we did, which were great. Yeah. You know something that which is when is that happening again? Yeah, I know. Well, exactly. It's kind of one of them things. It's left. We've kind of left it. It's kind of nicely ambiguous. But I mean, they're like really cool shows. And it was basically like a solo performance show. So we'd have like six really cool and very different um kind of like artists who come up and like do their thing in two different monologues. And I kind of learned that style at theater over in Chicago. Right. And it was funny because I wrote a piece uh, over there and it was called The Falling Man. And it was about, I don't know if you know that image, but it's of that guy who jumped off the towers and yeah. it's where he's perfectly upside down with his suitcase in his hand. And the prompt we got that day was like write about a historical figure and I just, um, he's just, I was trying to think because I didn't want to write about fucking like Martin Luther King or fucking <laughs> Coo Cullen, not to parallel them, whoever the fuck, I didn't care. <laughs> um, so I was like, right, I'll write about this dude, I know nothing about him and the whole piece was just like, I wonder if the falling man enjoyed clipping his toenails. I wonder if the falling man shaved his pubic hair. Like I wonder if the falling man knew anyone named Todd. You know what I mean? It was just all these like, trying to humanise him but really like vague and that's all it was, it was just that on repeat and it was with this like gesture of kind of my arms by my side and just kind of like, slightly swaying, standing yeah. up straight and all the like, and the American dudes because I was only um, non-American only Fardner only Fardner in the class and uh, they're all just like uh, it, it's not like they didn't think we knew but they were just like didn't think we like I'd think about that it must have been like 12 years not more like nearly 15 years after the event you know what I mean yeah. like it was just it's so interesting like because we all like that's not really that weird a question either because it's something that like was just, just the turning point of the post-truth world really wasn't it yeah it was that, that's that's when well, I mean, arguably JFK. I don't know. There's, I say I'm mad into my conspiracy theories, right. mainly because of my dad. He's into that as well. Oh, he's mad into them. And I mean, is nine eleven? What is the most? What is the conspiracy theory that you feel has the most weight behind it? To to say that it's not a conspiracy and it's. I I don't know. I just I just, I just listen to these things and they kind of go in the ear and out the other. I don't really make up a definitive viewpoint because there's so much information that's conflicting. And it's so hard to know what's real and what isn't real. Mm -hmm. um, it is. It's so hard. You know. And it's only going to get harder because people can doctor anything. There. Anything. Like, that's the, that's the thing. And, like, as I said, this isn't... There genuinely aren't hundreds of thousands of people. There are millions listening to this. But, like, people could, like... There's the ability now to just completely doctor, like, audio. Like, there's always been that ability to, like, take a soundbite, but, like, literally change... Oh, you can, you can do it to a much higher degree now. It's crazy, uh, like. you know? It's, like, it's only going to get, like, whatever fake news, again, like, another genius Trumpism, because it just kind of, like, fucking... It just, it's such a 
it's such a shutting down phrase, but I mean, like, you just wonder when this shit is going to stop or does it stop and does it just... I think we're living in the most chaotic time ever in terms of the most... The, a time of most extremes. We have the we have the two most extremes in every sing, single section of society. Mm-hmm. It's just all extremes, and it's like there's a lot of fucking tension going on everywhere. It's like you can I don't know. It, certain days, man, you can feel this kind of like everyone is on shaky ground. Yeah, and I don't know why it pervades. It seems to, and I don't even know if that's just a if that's just I'm just mirroring how I am feeling and and, and projecting that onto everyone else but there's some days where even like I feel I feel fine and some days people are just suspicious and and, and on uneven ground no one is grounded everyone is pretty fucking what's that going on over there what the hell oh shit the coffee's not cold oh god and I don't know it's weird it's yeah. a weird time to be alive. It's exciting. I don't know whether <laughs> it's exciting. I don't, I don't know whether it's a good excitement, but it's no. It's yeah, I don't know how healthy it is. Sometimes I'm like, uh, like I, I'm perfectly healthy, but I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. My shoulders don't feel healthy. You know what I mean? Like they just feel tight. <laughs> like they just feel the last time I felt my knees. Yeah, <laughs> they're just fucking tight. Like there's a tightness. Uh, I mean, maybe that's just purely me, but I feel like the world. I mean, I do. I'm sure you have it too. Sometimes like that fantasy of just getting the fuck off, like social media and getting offline and just. Mm. I mean, I wonder, because I'm sure we all have mates who are off it, and, like, I'm sure we possibly all dabbled in it as well, but, like, I just, it just doesn't feel like this is the way we're meant to live. Man, like, I don't know. You can only, you can only really do and live the way you feel is right, can't you? I mean, if, if if you feel like there's something that's going on that isn't right, just be with it what, yeah. do you, what do you what do you want to change man it's a weird thing I'm trying to investigate why am I acting why am I why am I doing these things what is my aim yeah. why am I why 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 and it's it's quite it's a hard thing to, to deal with this like why why for me I think the times when I, I rather than acting for me it's always been storytelling like the thing I really want to do and I'm getting comfortable with saying this I'm trying to get comfortable with saying this yeah. I really want to like write and be in my stuff I want to be as much in charge of the story as I possibly can yeah you want that autonomy baby I do yeah like I want that Pat Kinavan stuff I think for me maybe less so with theatre I'm really interested in like in TV and film at the Mm -hmm. moment that's what I really want to and that's even more autorical because you decide what the audience sees right and I mean I'll be honest with you the, the reason I make this podcast the reason I like Make the web series the reason that I loved ranting and raving. The reason that I love everything that I'm 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 trying to put out in the world is because the art that really touched me was it. It made me feel less alone in the world, and it made me feel a little bit like that, like kid that I'm talking about who was afraid. Like he still lives in there, and it made me feel a little bit less afraid and a little bit less afraid of being like an individual and having weird thoughts. And kind of that's why I probably loved Louis C.K., which is what's so like betraying about the feeling of when when someone mm-hmm. makes you feel that way. And then, but they're not, because we, like, that's the thing I was trying to say to Romana the other day, like, we all have awful thoughts, like, we were having a conversation, and we had a fight before, and she was like, I wanted to, like, hit you, we were, like, so mad, I was like, that's the difference, though, isn't it, like, it's, you're allowed to have the awful thoughts, but then you don't do it, like, that's the thing, it's okay to have the thought, but then it's to not do it, and I mean, I guess that's what's wonderful about so many of these artists, is, like, if you can make someone feel less alone in the world, like, fuck me, that's an incredible thing to do. That's an incredible thing to do. And for me, mm. that's what it is. So you're right. So why am I acting? Sometimes, like, like I love it so much of the time, but, like, what really 
is the the juice for me is like is the is the making my own stuff and knowing that this is really true and authentic to me and trusting that maybe that will connect with some and, other people. And if it's if it's truthful, if it's genuine, then it will. It will. That's the thing, and and that's the thing. Where are you in that in that in that conversation for yourself? Um, yeah, it's really hard to boil it down, isn't it? I think um, I just from thinking about it recently, I. I just, I just, I love working. I love performing, and I do prefer a screen. I think uh, in terms of my own personal process, but I think yeah, it's you were saying you want to m- help people maybe feel less alone. Mm. I, I, I yeah, I really want to make people feel something, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of egocentric stuff being made at the moment, which has no meaning. To, I, I don't see it as having any real meaning. I, like I, why is it such a huge question it just seems so like self-wanked mm. is that a word self-wanked I mean yeah, masturbatory masturbatory is good I like self-wanked though yeah <laughs> don't let me censor you ego testicle ego testicle is very good yeah I'll take that yeah Um, and um, I just in the tradition of why theatre is around it's it's the qu- it's questioning not answering questioning why do we live like this why are we here why We've come together. How do we live? Right. And I just think that's I think I, not that I think theater should be put on some sort of pedestal as like the highest art form, but I or anything like that. I think that's probably music is the most accessible. But it just some some way of asking people questions and making them feel and actually question, breaking them out of the numbness that is instilled on them by society, mm-hmm. because we're we seem to be, it seems to be preferable for society on a whole to be numbed to be shut off closed down non-connective insular and wholly apathetic and unempathetic and to, to be able to do anything to break through that in some way maybe that's a very grand and egocentric thing to think that I have the ability to do that mm. but that's what I would like to ultimately do in my work mm-hmm. to have people feel <laughs> yeah you know especially now yeah you're right like that's what that's what all this maybe that's what i mean like that's what all this social media stuff does like i think it can numb you know you can get lost in it like it kind of stops you from feeling anything like i think yeah i can't even stand and uh, and, and collect your dough without being on the phone you can't right you can't wait and queue up without being on your phone you can't stand at a fucking bus light and wait for your phone yeah or or without being on your phone. It's like an ever-present distraction. Ever-present. Which is what the wonderful thing about theatre is, like, regardless of any... But you notice that as well, don't you? Yeah. That the, the way theatre... There's no fucking three-hour plays going on anymore. Oh, yeah. It's That's like fucking 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Because we're the fucking, you know, go, go, go. Yeah, we we need we need the, the fucking, like, the, the meme version of theatre. The, the, what was that six-second thing? The Vine. We need the Vine version of theatre. Oh, yeah. We need the Snapchat version of theatre. Yeah, okay, you can press the button for 10 seconds and then we're gone because we're tapping out. Like, it's, it's hilarious. And I kind of agree, by the way, but, like, on Twitter, they added, like, from 140 to 280 and people are like, I can't read 280 characters. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, like, I, I'm not even I'm not even saying it's wrong because it, it just, that was the deal with Twitter. It was 140, but, like, you know, 280 characters is not a lot, but people are just like, nah, that's not what this is. This is short and sharp and that's what people want. And, yeah, like, people were still doing, like, multiple tweets. Yeah, it's, it just still happened anyway, you know. I know, and I mean that—that's what the interesting thing about like like this is, or like you know Rex's podcast because Rex is a former guest show. Long form discussion, man, is 
a beautiful way of just getting people to you even like talking about some of the stuff we've talked about even if that just sparks off a thought in someone's head and they pause it for a while and go actually what you know like and this is what i was doing when i was listening to your podcast or rex's podcast there's a lot of great stuff coming up that i would pause it for a bit and just sit with that because it was just an interesting thought that's so true i do that all the time and that's the thing because i think that's what's important about this and i I hate the idea that anyone ever think that like I have a podcast because I feel like I have anything more than the next person that I know. But it's just a way of like trying to like workshop out thoughts, like talk to someone who's completely different than me, lived a completely different life to me, um, and try. Yeah, I mean, like, because inevitably, when two people like um, you know, have the chats, like sit down, influence each other, like hopefully, you know, we both like changed each other a, a little bit. Oh, absolutely. But but I would not have had the thoughts I have had without you asking me these questions and vice versa. I wouldn't have been th- thinking about this. And fingers crossed whoever's listening at home wherever they are like all over the world there's people listening this all over the world that they, they have the same thing and sometimes they might be like well that was wrong that was bullshit but hey what a wonderful thing that like us being wrong and bullshit clarified something for tell you tell us yeah you know what I mean like that's the thing about it man write your answers in the postcard yeah right yeah. man this has been great thank you so much for doing it no problem this has been friends. a really good chat for me I really enjoyed it um, do me a favour tell me about because I know you're doing some stuff we talked about the wonderful uh, core ensemble yes. um, so tell us a little bit because I know there's a, a really exciting show going on right now yeah so at the moment we did a show in the Dublin Fringe Festival uh, Philip O'Doherty wrote a play called Close to the Sun for us um, and it was our it was the first play that we've done that was original writing seven man cast uh, seven person cast five men two women mm-hmm. but um most of our production team are women as well, so we've evened out the gender quotas mm-hmm. um, to a lovely degree. But uh, yeah, we were in uh, Smock Alley for a week uh, for the Fringe uh, while your wonderful show was on um, uh, to yeah. our to our right. Lapping. and um, which was a brilliant, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I man, love yeah. that. Yeah, just a bit disappointed. <laughs> Great. Very disappointing. Very yeah. disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we did that. Now uh, we we were in Cavan for one night only, as all good tours do, and uh, we're currently in the Civic in Tala uh, until Saturday. So two more shows of that, um, and then uh, yeah, we're going out to Drieth in Blanchestown for the twenty fourth and twenty fifth, um, which is next Friday and Saturday, um, uh, of this month, which is November twenty seventeen. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's an exciting show. It's going to be good. Um, it's it's going really well at the moment. It's it's lovely just to be even for people to be given standing ovations and stuff, which is is an amazing thing to to receive at the end of a show. One hundred percent. I mean, yeah, just unexpected, but people are leaping up, and it's a lovely, lovely feeling, you know. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And I know, uh, look, at the start, we talked about um, getting a few tickets and um, getting yeah. a little raffle going. So, yeah, so tell us about the date, this show, in the Drake. And um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to uh, have a tweet up uh, specifically with this episode, the link to the episode, on the Facebook uh, and on the Twitter. And for everyone who, like, retweets on the Twitter, shares on the Facebook, we'll put it into a draw, and then we'll have two tickets for that show. And just remind us of the date and the venue. So it's the uh, the tickets for the show are the 24th of November, which is Friday the 24th of November. Sweet. Yeah. Great, in the Drake. And um, set some blanchers down so for people in the area like that's a great way to go and um, get tickets for free to see a deadly show uh, it shares all the good stuff about the core ensemble all the good stuff about this podcast man uh, I think we crushed it yeah. sweet Sean Doyle thank you so much for playing Personality Bingo should we do a song to end us yeah okay you start um, Tom Moran thanks a million son Sean Doyle it's been a pleasure. The pleasure's been all mine.
and mine too. Don't be selfish about the pleasure. <laughs> I mean, if there's a message to end, <laughs> talk about egotistical. Don't be selfish about the pleasure. Right, Sean, thanks a million for doing this, Wood. Tom Moran, thanks for helping me um, deliver the cringiest ending to a podcast ever. It's what we aim to do. See, buddy. All right, fist me. Boom. So, guys, that was Sean Doyle playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to you, Sean, for taking the time to do it. Uh, it was a pleasure to chat to you. And, uh, yeah, as I said, Sean is just one of the most naturally gifted actors out there. So if you get a chance to see him, whether it be on Fair City or whether it be on the stage, uh, I'd particularly recommend Sive because it's Druid and it's probably going to be deadly. Uh, go and check him out. It's the beginning of next year and it's at the Gaiety Theatre. I'm sure it's going to be well, 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 well publicised and you're going to see him on buses around town. Anyway, uh, guys, in other news, as I said, I'm going to be in the Tivoli Christmas Panther this year. It's um, December the 7th We kick off It's Sleeping Beauty I should say I will not be sleeping And I will not be beautiful But I will be in it And you should come And see it Tickets are on sale Right now uh, In other news Yeah as I said We've got a deadly guest Coming up next week In Louise Coyley I'm really excited about that one Doing it uh, in the middle of next week So fingers crossed I haven't jinxed it now And uh, it all goes to shit But uh, all going well That will happen Because we've been trying to make that happen as well for a couple of weeks um, and yeah just delighted to have that chat because uh, she's a fascinating person and has a fascinating job and um, yeah, I think people are going to be interested in that I certainly am um, yeah uh, what else is there to say oh yeah all the thank yous uh, as always a massive thank you to Taz Kelleher the boss woman for mixing editing and producing this podcast as always check out her podcast In The Shower with Taz and Marcus um, I always say this but the podcast is doing brilliant for the guys I'm delighted to see it um, alongside all the other Head Stuff podcasts there's so many of them now there's Double Love which is for those Sweet Valley podcast fans um, Sweet Valley fans it's a podcast for Sweet Valley fans uh, how niche it's kind of deadly the 12 Angry Minutes there's With Relish about food and grub and all that good stuff um, there's Reviewables there's Alison Spittle there's No Encore there's my phone how exciting uh, uh, there's Juvenalia there's Fascinating and uh, yeah there's just some deadly podcasts Our Sexual History look at all them podcasts it's deadly that we're on the biggest uh, podcast network in the country and um, yeah Taz is kind of uh, the backbone of it um, she's absolutely deadly and we are so lucky to have her producing personality bingo so as always Taz a massive thank you to you also a huge thank you to Alan uh, and Paddy who are the boss men here uh, and they do so much amazing work also uh, a massive thank you to Sean and to Laura Kelly who's just left um she was doing some wonderful work on all of our uh, social media bits and bobs um, and just kind of working the magic at Headstuff HQ in general um, and she has moved on to bigger and better things well maybe not bigger maybe not better but she's moved on <laughs> so um, yeah Laura whatever you're doing I'm sure you're going to crush it and thanks for everything that you've done for the podcast and for the network also a huge thank you to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the wonderful theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode it's kind of deadly people sing it to me sometimes and that's highly embarrassing please stop doing that also a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for our deadly artwork. I'm delighted to report that no one sings Connor's artwork back to me, which is uh, really excellent, excellent news. Uh, and guys, I think that's everyone I need to thank. Also, obviously, a huge thank you to Sean Doyle. And as always, and most importantly, a massive thank you to you guys for taking the time to listen. If you haven't done it in a while, share the episode, tell a friend about it. Let's keep spreading this thing like a forest fire that devastates communities. Guys, we'll see you next week when Louise Kylie plays Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.